welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I'm your host, John Edwards, and I'm excited this week to bring you a special episode of Just a Guy in the Pew. I have one of my closest friends in the world. He's been on the show before. I know you guys are going to be excited when you hear his voice and see his face here in just a minute. But he was in town doing a retreat for the Order of Malta this weekend and got to stay over a day with another brother, Brother Simeon, that's here in the studio with us as well. And it's just a joy to have him again in our house and now in the studio. So please join me in welcoming my good friend, Father Malachi from the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Father, welcome. Thank you, bro. It's awesome to be here. Dude, I just... It's, joy. Whenever you, <laughs> dude, whenever you get here, it is joy. And yeah. two bros fly right Two bros are all over the place, man. That's right. Football's yeah. usually on, man. And we're yes. just, just enjoying everything the Lord puts in front of us to, to do as friends and as Amen. brothers, man. And I got to tell you, it's such a grace every time you're here. The kids love you. Angela loves you. And you know, just to have a priest in your home, and then you know, obviously, mm. you you, uh, you uh, led us in mass this morning, and yeah. it was just amazing to do that. And and dude, I'm just I'm so excited. Like yeah. I just yeah, I'm excited. We you know we we spent some time yesterday. You came in after the mm-hmm. retreat, and so we had some time yesterday afternoon to really just kind of catch up on where we were. And mm-hmm. uh, you and I, I think I've said this on the show a couple times, so it's not like it's not public no, you know, knowledge, but you and I met at the JP2 Healing Center. And, That's right, yeah. Uh, I am and, and became mm-hmm. quick friends. And I think Bob like ensured that happened. That's you know? right. <laughs> He's Slightly like, orchestrated. Yeah. He's like, you two are going to be in a, in a prayer triad. So yeah. it's been so fun to do that with you. And it had been a while since we've been able to do it. Mm-hmm. And so this morning we were very um, intent, or intent on praying together and spent yeah. that time. And yeah. What we came to find out was that the Lord's been kind of taking us, even though we've been apart, mm-hmm. like the Lord has been saying some of the similar things to mm-hmm. us. And I know you were sharing about just some struggles that you've had lately in your life. Yeah. And and I just came back from St. Augustine, Florida, from a retreat mm-hmm. with Kim from the JP2 Healing Center going yeah. through. Uh, restoring the glory and yeah. the Lord really, I went down there thinking I was going for one thing and mm-hmm. the Lord's like, yeah, that's the funny thing. Like <laughs> you shouldn't be <laughs> thinking think about telling know. me. Yeah. You shouldn't be the one telling me what's going to happen. Yeah. But uh, when we were sharing, we both were kind of like, Whoa, man, God was mm. saying the same thing to us. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just want to jump in there. I mean, today I know that we want to talk about really who God is and how he sees us and, and mm. what he's really looking to do, which is delight in us and, yeah. and, and walk along with us. So yeah, excited to, to share that with you and to hear from you too. Yeah, brother. And and likewise, I love being here. <laughs> I also love celebrating Mass in people's homes. I was yeah. a pandemic priest, and so the first six months, because all the churches were closed, I actually spent more time celebrating Mass in people's homes than oh, I did wow. in a church, which was just like a, it was quite a beautiful experience. It was sort of like a discovery, rediscovery of like the domestic church. Like they, he is here dwelling with us in this place of intimacy in the home. Yeah. Um, and there's something about that too. This like, just like, I mean, we live in a friary as brothers and you're around these other guys that are trying to follow Jesus and living the same way of life. But one thing that you do miss, honestly, I do, you sort of don't realize it until you're around it is just like the presence of children. Oh yeah, man. And there's so much that they teach us, and there's so much that they give to us and offer us along each step of their own journey of growing up. Um, but what we were talking about, right, was something of this uh, being called back to uh, what it means to really live in that relationship with God as a child. Yeah. And it's, you know, we talk about the, the healing stuff, and man, like I have had the desire so for so long to be healed, right? Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, you know, I don't want to like, you know, sort of like uh, contradict Dr. Bob, but there's like the title of this book, like called Be Healed, right? Sure. Which is amazing. 
But I've come to realize, I was like, that if that's my goal, like that's only something that happens in heaven. Mm-hmm. In this sense. Sure. That like he's always doing something more. Mm-hmm. Like there's always more healing. There's like an ongoing journey. Sure. There's this like opportunity to encounter the love of God. And also an opportunity to discover in the Lord let situations like emerge in life that just show the places where actually I'm not yet healed. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's kind of painful. Um, it can be humiliating, humbling, uh, but it's his mercy that allows it. And I was just thinking recently, right? Um, we were talking before yeah. in my own journey. It was like all these real graces that have happened in the last couple of years, deep freedom, a lot of things that God's been doing. And then about uh, three and a half months ago, we had a shakeup in our community, the election of new leadership, which has been a real gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, all of a sudden I found myself who had just been like a friar, right? Living my best friar life, sure. <laughs> uh, being asked to serve in different capacities within our community. So I was asked to be the general almoner, which is basically the guy who's in charge of development for the friars. I was also asked to be the local servant of a friar in the South Bronx, St. Crispin's, mm-hmm. which I'd never done before, which is what we call our superiors. So like sure. the local servant following the example of Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve. Francis asked that leaders, superiors would be called sub- servants. And so I'm put in that position of responsibility. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Sure. You know, I'm like, yeah. Somebody is like, did anybody think this is a great idea? Wait, I, like, I got to run money. Yeah. Like, I got to do money. I, I know. And, well, I mean, and, I mean, and I'm like, and I'm in charge of these decisions and organization. Yeah. And if you went into my room, you'd be like, this guy should not be in charge of organizing yeah. anything. Who did, who did this? Like, yeah, right. you're like, oh, was this? Total yeah. hot mess. It's like, you know, this like ebb and flow between like chaos, you know, and manageability. Sure. Um, But in the midst of that, I also was still serving, as I have been for the last couple of years, as a Eucharistic preacher with the National Eucharistic Revival, which has been awesome. Um, But just the convergence of all these different things and this responsibility and being asked to do things and kind of stepping into this new season of life, it just like something inside just got like totally like triggered of some of these places where there's like wounds that were still that are still in my heart that god's been healing yeah um and it was so subtle but then all of a sudden like one day i just like woke up and i realized and i was like i was like i feel like i can't breathe i feel like there's so much on my plate that i don't know how i'm gonna get it all done and i can't make any mistakes because i've been given this big responsibility so don't screw up don't make any mistakes right you know um, and also, like, when you're in leadership, like, you, there's, like, a loneliness that comes with it. Oh, yeah. Amen. So it's like, who do you, like, go to, talk to, speak to? And it was just this moment of, like, finding myself just overwhelmed and feeling like I can't be overwhelmed because I'm in charge. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> so I it's not a good yeah, Nobody's got, we ain't got time for problems That's here, right. man, you know? Um, and then the same thing. <laughs> like, I go out, right, and I'm going out and I'm, like, preaching and doing ministry and mission. And you show up and people are like, oh, man, you're coming. It's so great. And you're gonna do, God's going to do these wonderful things. And inside, I'm like a hot mess. I'm like struggling. I'm sort sure. of just like that morning, like on my knees before God, like in tears, like, Lord, like help me. I don't even know what to do. And and then showing up, and you're just like, oh, it's so great to see you. You know, it's yeah, just like, yeah. you're like, I'm fine. How yeah, are you everybody, every, everything's <laughs> fixed here. I have been healed. That's you right. Know? It's like, That's right. And, um, and like standing in that posture and just like God's so merciful in a kind of interesting way um, where he's like, great. Like if you're not going to be asking for the help you need and if you're going to kind of walk down this path, that's not the path I want you on. I'll let that unfold into basically like what happened as I was coming back from 
uh, Eucharistic Congress that New York had upstate, which was driving down the road. And then all of a sudden, one of the brothers who's driving at that time says, hey, something's happening with the lights. And then we realize the alternator was dead on the vehicle and the battery was dying and like moments away from being dead. Oh, and gosh. so like literally, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> thank God we were close to a, uh, we were close to a gas station, but pulled in, turned the engine off and the engine did not turn back on. It mm-hmm. was like battery dead. And, and, it, and, and interiorly it was like, there was this place that it was just like, God to, it was just like, man, like I've got nothing. Like I am like, my battery is dead. <laughs> And, and I remember just like being in that place and, and then I got to figure out what to do with this vehicle, come back, we get the vehicle, you know, get a new battery, put it in, we take it to the shop. And as I show up to the shop, I'm driving in and the thing's overheating now because a mm. uh, brother who remained nameless, uh, <laughs> as he put the battery in, happened to also break one of the radiator hoses, oh, not gosh. helpful. So radiator yeah. fluids gonzo. So we're overheating. We pull into this, I pull in, I'm driving alone pull into Bronx auto and turn it off and steam's coming out of this thing. And then I walk into the door and I'm like steaming, you know, I'm just like, sure. I'm just like at the yeah. end of my wits. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. yeah. And, and I walk in and there's a friend of mine who's sitting there and she's looks up and she's like, father Maliki, what are you doing here? And I was looking over, I was like, Julissa. And so here's one of my dear friends who's a young adult coordinator for the Archdiocese in New York. And she's sitting ran- I'm like randomly in an auto shop in the Bronx when I happen to come in. Mm-hmm. Not so randomly, but <laughs> I go over and she's like, listen, Father, how are you doing? And I just like looked at her and I was like, I was like I'm not good. And she's like, I thought so. I saw you this last weekend and like something's off. I, what's going on? And and I just like started crying and, and like a you know, an office waiting room of Bronx Auto. I'm like, what the hell's going on? You know? And um That guy really wants his car. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so yeah. so I'm like, I'm like, I just like I'm like, I'm just done. I'm like, done, done, done. She was like, Yeah, you're right, you are. She's like, Can we pray? And so she starts praying and she says, I just want to ask you a question. So you know, when we become religious, we have uh, a new name that we take as a religious. So Father Malachi is my religious name. Mm-hmm. Um but she says to me, she was like, I just I, were you, were you called Larry before you were a friar? Hmm. And I'm just like, uh, yeah. She was like, because I just hear again and again this phrase, the Lord just saying, little Larry, little Larry, will you come and play with me? <laughs> and like, bro, and she just said that. I just like started weeping. And in this experience of being seen, right, and that place of poverty, of of just like suffering, of being burned out interiorly. Um, And then from there, I was going on a a retreat for a few days and I just had this in my mind, just like little Larry would come play with me. And it was just like, I was just like, I was trying to live my life, right? Um, As a spiritual adult who's self-sufficient, who's gonna fix everything, Mm -hmm. who's got it together, has the answers, not gonna make mistakes, we don't do mistakes, right? Sure, yeah. Um, Can't let people down. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm in that place, right? And here's the Lord like saying, like, little Larry, it was just like this like tenderness of the Father. And so when I, I heard that and and I, I took that as I went off to, to my time of hermitage, what I ended up doing was is a buddy said, hey, dude, I got some property. If you want to go up there, there's a cabin. And I was like, sweet. So I just got a backpack, threw gear in it, 
I love backpacking outdoors. And I just sure. walked off into the woods literally with a hatchet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and and a plan. And a plan. <laughs> and the plan was was I'm just gonna go play with the Lord. Yeah. In the woods for a couple of days. And I like chopped some trees down and I built an altar. And oh, I dude. celebrated mass out by this little creek in the woods. And I watched these leaves falling. And it was just like this just being with him and realizing I don't have to do anything. Like my father's so good. Yeah. And he loves me so much. I don't I don't need to like I don't need to not make a mistake. Yeah. Like that's he's not he's never asked that of me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this realization, like this like littleness. And it began to just open up this freedom. And it was like all of a sudden realizing I was like, okay, yeah, like it might not be what I want it to be. Plates might fall. Like, you know, and and I might not have the answer. I might not be what uh what somebody else wants me to be for them. And that's okay. Yeah, like more than okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Cause the father's not asking that of yeah. us. And I think as men, especially as men, like like we're not stopping and asking for directions when we're lost. Sure. It's like right. no way on God's green earth I'm gonna do that. You know, it's like how you doing? Oh, great, man. Yeah, great. Oh, just fine, all, you know, fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, fine. Yeah, you know, it's like this living in this kind of persona, this facade of like, I have it together. Everything's great. And inside, like, I'm like batteries dying or dead and there's smoke coming out of the engine. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, we're good. Yeah, great. You know, how you doing? You know, totally. Because I can't be because people are looking at me. I'm a, I'm a priest. I'm a Franciscan friar. I mean, in my case, I'm a... I'm a, a Catholic speaker and an evangelist yeah, and all these that's things. That's right. That Got to have it together because if Absolutely. I don't have it together, people are going to look at me and go, well, if he doesn't have it together, then what chance do I have? Exactly. Right? <laughs> you feel all that pressure and it's yeah. it's, it's just crazy, man. It really mm-hmm. is crazy. And, you know, what you were saying, it reminded me of an image that we were talking about Bill Donahue last night yeah. at the TOB Institute. He sent me this one day randomly, this just on a text, and it was this image. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of an awkward image. And it's this guy and it's a silhouette. And he's smiling. So you see his face. He's got this huge smile, but it's looking from the side. And it shows inside of his head this little ball, this little boy mm. that is just sitting against the wall, huddled up with his wow. legs against him, scared. Wow. And that's where most of us, I think, are. Is like we're, we've been told to project this thing. Like you have it all together. You're not a man. Yep. Right? Confident. If you need anybody or anything, you're not a man. Mm-hmm. Right? You're disqualified and you've got to be a man. Yeah. Right? And so we have man this. Man up. Yeah, we have this distorted, distorted uh uh, definition for what authentic masculinity is mm-hmm. because no, I don't need to run to God or anybody else because then I'm not what I'm supposed to be. I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the root wound for all men is inadequacy, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Straight from Genesis. Right. Yeah. I'm not enough. And so, yeah, I, I had a similar story, you know, we were, uh, you know, I don't, I don't take very many things for myself as far as time off for, for mm-hmm. spiritual things. And I should, my spiritual director has hammered me with that. And then I'm like, I don't understand why I feel bad. He's like, cause yeah. you're not listening. Like, <laughs> like, when's the last time you've done anything for yourself? Like, I don't know. Stop saying that. Yeah. But you know, it had been a while and you know, Ansel's in grad school. She's full-time employee and mm-hmm. we got three kids under 14 and, and she's got a lot of honor. And so I feel like, man, I'm leaving twice a month. I'm going from a Friday to Saturday night to to yep. start missions. When I am home, I'm on Zoom calls training, you know, leaders and 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 priests and all this stuff to start these groups. I was like, I don't have time to go anywhere because it's not fair to her, right? Yeah. I, she, you know, Kim <laughs> from the JP2 Healing Center, a mutual friend of both of ours, is a lovely. She's mm. she's a saint that half yeah. the world will never know about probably yeah. or, or more, but should. 
And she invited me to go down to St. Augustine, Florida, and to spend a week in the retreat center with the Sisters of St. Joseph and, mm. and just go through Bob's Restoring the Glory, um, mm-hmm. you know, just intensive. We like talks every morning, you're listening to Bob, and then you're, you're praying with her, you're journaling. And I just thought, okay, Angela always wants to go to the beach. She always wants to go to Florida. I haven't managed to take her, but yet I'm going to go tell her that I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to go to Florida for a week yeah. and leave her with all of this. So I go down there, man, and I'm expecting all kind of stuff. And we don't have a perfect marriage. I mean, Angela and I are still doing healing from or healing from the mistakes I caused and mm-hmm. her own wounds and my wounds before we ever knew each other. And so I was down there for that. And and you know this 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 convent and then the retreat house itself is right there, like right off, like maybe two blocks off of the main part mm-hmm. of St. Augustine. So you've got the channel, you've got the main mm-hmm. drag, you've got all these restaurants. They're this huge park with cannons yeah. and stuff. The shrine's a little bit down the way. Mm-hmm. The basilica's there. But then you have St. George's Street, which is nothing but like food places and bars and music. Yeah. And, and so there's all this stuff. And I went down there with this mindset of like, okay, I'm going to be locked in a room. You know, and I'm just going to have to be silent. I'm going to have to pray all day. I'm I'm going to smell all this food and hear all this music and, and just be like in prison, you know, and all this <laughs> stuff. And so Kim told me, she's like, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to have dinner with the sisters. Or she's like, no, go out, go out, go out and enjoy dinner. I was like, can I, can I do that? Like, because mm-hmm. there's like a brewery over there too. Am I allowed to like go have a beer? You know, and she's <laughs> like, yeah, go. And, and I felt so guilty that first day mm. because when I sat out, I was like, oh, Angel would really like that food. Or man, Jake would really like the way this place looks mm. and, and just all this different stuff. And I was like, man, I, I shouldn't be here. I don't, I don't deserve this. Like, what am I doing? This mm. isn't fair to them. Yeah. And, and it was so hard for me to sit and just be and like, no, the Lord mm-hmm. wants you to enjoy this. The Lord wanted you to have this meal. The Lord wanted you to hear this music. The Lord mm-hmm. wanted you to enjoy the the seventy degree breeze that's blowing across in the palm yeah. trees as you sit here and listen to James Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, acoustically by this hippie guy that's playing, right? <laughs> and, and all this stuff. And so, after the first couple of days, I just I started releasing that. Cause Kim's like, "What adventure are you going to go on today?" And I was like, "I don't I don't adventure. Like, I got to get on the laptop. I got a I got a ministry to run. I'm just tired people. I'm just." And it was all this stuff. And she's like, John, mm. like, just go out and explore. And I just kept fighting it, fighting it. So finally, about midway through the week, I just said, well, heck, if I'm not comfortable with it, I'm just going to go do it. Mm. And, man, I found myself doing something I haven't done in a long time, just nothing, like wandering around aimlessly, mm-hmm. watching people, smiling, going into the churches, praying for two hours, three yeah. hours, and not even just, Lord, this is what I need and all this stuff. Just like, I just want to look at you and let you look at me. Mm-hmm. Right, and I don't have an agenda yeah. or any of that. And so the last day, you know, we had two talks left, and one of them wasn't recorded, so it was just book work. And that mm-hmm. morning, I'd been in the church. We went to mass every day at seven a.m. and and uh, and so I said my fifty-four day novena. I've been saying with the people in our ministry and Angela. Mm-hmm. Then I went over to adoration because it was right there. They just they could go out the side of the church, and then they had a part of the church that was for adoration. They pulled the drapes, and mm-hmm. so I just sat in there with the Lord and, and kind of reflected and journaled, and and so went back to pray with Kim about noon. Mm-hmm. And so we're going through things, and she's taking me back to these places I didn't even know I was hurt years ago, and all those things mm-hmm. you've been through it. And the Lord just shows up in those things, and what I kept hearing was, you know, John. The the man isn't the the ministry isn't the man mm. the man is the ministry, and I'd been struggling for so long going like, why am I struggling to do a podcast? Why am I struggling to pray? Why am I struggling to give talks? Like the same things you're mm-hmm. talking about. Like I don't feel like I'm enough. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, it's like 
Well, you cut yourself off from that grace because you've turned away from the Father, and you're like, mm. I'm, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to do all yeah. this. It's me. Yeah. And if I don't, I'm going to fail. And these people depend on me. And da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And and just lost that total dependence of God on God, yeah. right? Like, no, it's not me at all. It's Him. Yeah. And the more I'm turning away, thinking it's me, mm-hmm. the less and less grace I'm receiving. And I'm finding mm-hmm. myself up against a wall and wondering why am I here? Yeah. And it's so hard to see when you're in it. Yeah. But that Friday, Kim was like. I said, could 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 I just like could I know you want to probably pray this evening, but could we just pray right now? Because I've done all the work on both of them, and like, could mm-hmm. we just? And I've been through this part through the I am training and stuff. She's like, what is your desire, John? You know, so she is, is like, <laughs> totally, oh, Kim, it. yeah. Now you're making it weird. Like I yeah. just wanted, you know. And she's like, no, what is your heart desire? And I said, I just it's my last real day here. The sun's come out. Like I'd like to go to the beach. There's like this alligator park thing I passed, and yeah. And she's like, well, what's important about that? And I said. I don't know, and she's you know she starts doing like the the ninja Kim stuff, yeah, where like bro. she's like pulling stuff out of nowhere. Yeah, and and I was just like I don't know. All of a sudden, out of my gut, I was just like, my father never never let me do anything when we were younger. Like he wasn't around to do things, and when he was, he never let me do like what I wanted to do. Like we'd go mm. on a trip and we'd do everything my sisters wanted to do, and my mom mm-hmm. and dad, and I'd see something like the Dukes of Hazard place in Gatlinburg. Yeah. Like, oh, can we stop there? Like <laughs> I want to see if they'll let me drive that and jump. Yeah. I was like nine, you know, it's like. And, and he's like, no, we don't have time. You know, my dad was, a, I mm-hmm. love my dad, but like there's a lot of times like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would, I passed actually by those places on the way in and thought, man, I'd like to stop there. And I was like, no, you don't have time for that. You don't have time mm-hmm. for that. Like that's, that's stuff for, for people who aren't busy. Yeah. Right. That's that. And so Friday I just took Kim's car and I went to the beach in the rain mm-hmm. and I just, I mean, it was pouring, man. And I was out there in like jeans <laughs> and a tee, like totally not dressed for it. And I was FaceTiming my wife, and I was like, look at this. And the waves yeah. were crashing six to eight feet. There's dudes surfing out there. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is amazing. And I'm driving back. I'm like, oh, I want to go to the shrine. And I, and I pull up by that alligator farm. I was like, I, I, I just, I'm going. Right? And I yanked a <laughs> Yui, and I went in there. And, man, there was like eight million alligators and crocodiles. Sweet. And it was, I was watching them feed them. And I just felt like a kid again, right? I was yeah. like giggling. I made all these videos so Jacob could see it and, mm-hmm. and the girls could see it and spent like an hour and a half there. And, mm-hmm. and I kept going, well, I need it. No, I don't. Like, no. I just need to be here. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't like I spent 40 bucks, so I got to stay here for two hours and see everything. And mm-hmm. It's just like, I'm going to be free here. Yeah. Right? So I go back and. And, uh, and I go have dinner at this place and I'm in this bar and these people are dressed up like pirates and I'm just watching all that stuff. And like, and what I saw when I went to, I was, I was on the way to another place to, I'd gone to eat. I was going to get a drink at this place down the, on St. George's street. And I was just walking all of a sudden, like, man, the Lord just graced me to like, to, it was almost like from, from up like a drone level kind of footage hmm. of me walking through this place, just you know, in the crowd of people, around the smells, around the music, mm-hmm. and the smile on my face, and I felt this overwhelming delight of like, man, my father loves me. Mm-hmm. Like, look what he's given me. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a burden. This isn't this isn't mm-hmm. something that's that I should feel guilty about. This is the father blessing. And Kim put mm-hmm. her finger on it. I got back. I was like, oh, I had the most wonderful time. She goes, Do you know why? I go, No, I really don't. Like, I just thought, <laughs> I was good, thought it was good beer. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, and she uh, and she's like. John, you told me that like your father never really allowed for a lot of those things, mm-hmm. but this is all God wanted for you this week. Mm-hmm. Like this is all He wanted for you. Like yes, there was the healing with you and yeah. Angela, and we found that too. But like yeah. what He really wanted you to know mm-hmm. is like this is where you need to abide. Amen. Right, just in my heart. Yeah. And let me inform inform you of who you are. Yeah, I yeah. came back and I was like, 
I know we're doing a podcast now, but I was like, I don't care if I ever do another podcast. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't I just, I just want to, I just want to be a friend of the father. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be a friend of the father. Right. And we were playing, I played you a song that, that was coming on my phone down there. It just popped up randomly. And, and it was talking about being a, fra- a faithful friend of God. Yeah. And it hit me. I was sitting on this park bench, eating this tiny donut and then just, just reveling in this moment. And, and I was like, that's what I want to be. I want to be a faithful friend of God. I don't want to be a successful podcaster. I don't want to be the guy that's on stage in front of 30,000 people. I don't want to, I want to be first a faithful friend of God Mm -hmm. so that I can remember who I am and how he sees me. Mm. Right. And then, sorry, get emotional because it's hard sometimes to remember this, but like, and then I want to take that. And because of that relationship I have with God and because in those wounds and those places of hurt and the, the places that the devil's going, no, you need to be doing this. I can just, I can abide in the fact that like, no, I just need to be my father's son. Mm-hmm. And through that, I can go be the husband I'm called to be. Mm-hmm. I can go be the father I'm, I'm called to be. So I'm not going when Jacob's coming up and hugging me and saying, I love you. I'm not like, hey, man, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Hey, I love you too, man. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for the gift of this moment. The fact mm-hmm. that you're 14 and you want to be anywhere near me. Yeah. And so I just, yeah. yeah dude, no, and, and when just, we we got together here, yeah, you're like, dude, so how was the retreat? And I started telling you and, then we kind of ate or whatever, got busy doing something else. And you're like, hey, man, I want to tell you something. Yeah. God said the same thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. And and it's interesting, right? Like um, some of what you're talking about experience too. <laughs> and yeah. similar retreat with Kim in, in one respect. And I remember there was one day where it was just like this. For me at that moment, it was um, Jesus wanting to play with me just like a little brother would want to play with another brother. Yeah. Um, and I remember I went out and was just like shooting basketball. Like this was my, this is me being on silent retreat it was yeah. me literally going and playing basketball. <laughs> just sure, like, you yeah. know, like, um, and I'm assuming Jesus won, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Unfortunately, bro, I put money on the game he never too. Misses. It was outrageous. He never misses. <laughs> yeah. But um, they say he's but merciful, was, but not on the court. Yeah, but like the but the way that you know uh, the way that he knows our hearts. Yeah, and even like this retreat I was talking about, where we went out in the woods. So my buddy up at his cabin, you know, had some just like sweet guns, a crossbow, and like the Lord, like knowing my heart, right? Like boy yeah. from Georgia up in New York, and I was like, I'm just out here. I'm like, just went out and just shot up the woods. Yeah. And like, just like had this time of just being a kid, being this little layer, being the son of the father, like you're talking about. And I remember I'm just sitting there and then like all of a sudden just swooping across the, this, it was a big old open field um, that was there probably like a, you know, I don't know, probably like 20 acres of just open fields surrounded by a wooded tree line around it. And just swooping over this field comes this like massive bald eagle, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, he's just like showering it on, bro. You know, it's like, he's just like this, like, he knows my heart that I like delight in his creation, that I delight, you know, and just like being with him and the beauty of that. And then you're there and you're like, no, like, he's like, no, like I delight in you. Like the way that you responded to that bald eagle, like that's what happens in my heart when I look at you. Yeah. It's just like, wow. Yeah. And when you're in that place of living in that love, abiding in that love, like that's where like, all of this other stuff you're talking about like flows out of. Yeah. And there's so many times I get trapped in my head with like, no, like there's not time to do that. Yeah. There's not time to just be with him. Why? Because like I've got this, this and this, and there's important things that people are counting. And, um, you know, and I, and I was just thinking about like, you know, it was just, we had a retreat this last weekend. You mentioned the beginning with the order of Malta 
and it's like I've got a homily on Saturday morning and in the morning I got up to pray and it was like I could have like sat there and tried to like figure out oh my gosh I don't know what I'm gonna say today I need to figure it out and, he, and obviously pray with the scriptures you know like doing Lexio but it was like I don't need to figure anything out I just need to be here with you Lord and I just went and walked yeah. in the woods Amen. I just walked in the woods in the property of that retreat center that you got here yeah. it was just gorgeous out there and just watched you know sun coming up and and I was just like, and I'm not thinking about a talk or a homily or what. I'm just with you, Lord. Yeah. And then I come back and like I get inspired by something that's said by somebody in a conversation that morning, like a little bit before mass. And like if I was stuck in my head trying to figure it out, I wouldn't have had time to even be in that conversation. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and like how like it's like the um uh, the, there's one of the Psalms that talks about like people are like, you know, sort of like vying and looking to try and provide for themselves. He says, while the father, while God provides for those whom he loves while they slumber. Yeah. And I think about this, like resting in like the father's arms, like sleeping in the, in the arms of Abba as a beloved child. And like knowing not that this means like inactivity or quietism or pacifistic, like way of living life. Um, but it's trusting like yeah. that he's got me. And so like, it's okay for me to just like be a child right now and enjoy the gift that he's giving me and to release and surrender this thing that I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. And I don't know what to do, but you know what? Like Abba's with me and I'm his beloved son and he's yeah. delighting in me. So like, I don't really need to know. Yeah. And you know, it's like, there's something about that too, that I think is part of and the heart of why the Lord asked for like Sabbath rest. Hmm. It's, it's a voluntary choice to return and abide in the truth that God's my provider. I don't have to like freak out and like bust my tail seven days a week. Yeah. I don't have to be constantly doing. I can just be with him and rest. Yeah. And like, and know that like, guess what? Like whatever, whatever needs to be done, like he's got it. Yeah. Like, and, and so it's like, that's fine. Like, I mean, it's like, it doesn't need to all be figured out, isn't it? And, and I'm thinking like that, like sometimes this driving thing with men, like, and I see this in fathers with their families, they love their children, love their wife, they want to provide, and they just let themselves get like driven into the ground with this sense of needing to be the provider that yeah. leads to like this work becoming all consuming. And for a good reason, I want to provide well for my family. It's like, that's awesome. But to know the truth that guess what? You are not really the ultimate provider for your family. Yeah. When oftentimes they're not providing the thing that they need the most, which yeah. is being the spiritual leader of the family and providing that relationship with the yeah, father. Yeah, their presence, yeah. Like their heart, their emotion, their time. Yeah. And so like so but like to know that if I'm if I am living in this way, you know, it's like I just sort of like this, you know, like being little Larry, like with, you know, and playing with my father, then he's gonna give me every good thing that I need and it's time. Yeah. And I can trust that because of who he is and I know who I am before him. So I think for men, this is one of these things where like uh, rejecting the anti-gospel value of American culture that says pull yourself up by your and own bootstraps. bootstraps yep. Do it yourself. One and, man and the self-made man yeah. and the American dream is not the gospel dream. Yeah. Amen. Like the gospel dream is not that I just sort of continually climb this ladder and acquire greater and greater degree of success in a merely material or financial or worldly sense. It's that I 
climb up into my father's arms <laughs> and I can just rest there as a little child and know he's got it and he's got me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's what I saw down there is like, I, like I said, I love my father. He was in, you know, he's not mm-hmm. perfect. None of us are. Yeah. He didn't, he couldn't give what he didn't have. And that's what mm-hmm. God's saying is like, I'm going to fill in the gap. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like what you need is, is me. And, mm-hmm. and I just, as I'm listening to you, it's just, we have such this image of God as just sort of like how we've seen maybe our dad or mm. a football coach or some yeah. figure in our life that's been very – and it's like, no, he's a loving father. And that even in the moment with the eagle, when you were saying that, I was sitting here going, dude, like God had that moment planned for you before he ever even loved you into existence. Mm. And if that's the case, like however many years, you know, it, he, you were, he was planning to make you and then he made you, like he's been waiting like a kid – ready to open up a present at Christmas mm. for you to experience that mm. so that he could take joy and delight in it. Like, how, that, yeah. does that blow yeah. your mind? <laughs> like, the God of the universe is sitting there going, this is the day yeah. that Father Malachi is going to see that eagle that I put right there for him that day. And you were in the exact yeah. spot, not by chance, but by design. Amen. Because the Father wanted to love you in that way. Yeah. It's crazy. It like, is, dude. It's like, but, it, but once it's we understand lie. that... What you're talking about is all the other things in life. We have responsibilities. You have things you have to take care of, mm-hmm. but you can't let them consume you, right? Like yeah. it has to get to a point where where you're just going like at the end of the day, God's not going to give me more than I can handle. And I know it's a cliche thing that you've heard a million times, but it's the truth. Yeah. And all he wants is for me to remember to look back at him. Mm. You know, to look back at him so that he could smile back. Like that's mm-hmm. that's this this week. Like I, I'm still. You know, you always go to these things. You think, well, I'm going to get shot up the Jesus roller coaster and I'm going to come flying down yeah. the other side. When as soon as my feet hit the ground in Memphis and the real world comes back in, but like I can honestly say, this is one that I've been to. That I know it's only been a couple of days, but in my heart, I know, like God did something for me here. Mm-hmm. that's going to stick with me, right? Like that I'm just everything now. Irritations, things like that. I'm like, no, I have a choice. Right, and, yeah. and I can I can love like the Father loves me, right? I can I can delight even in these sufferings the way that the, the, the Father delights in me. Mm-hmm. And man, if we had more people that simply understood that, think how much different the world would be, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because part of the thing too you were talking earlier about when you're walking down George Street and you're yeah. in the midst of that and kind of seeing yourself with the drone shot. Yeah, I was just thinking about the fact that like you're pretty tall you're pretty yeah. tall flipping dude you yeah. know what i'm saying man um yeah and you're walking there smiling and mother Teresa would talk about you never know how much you can change a person's life with a smile yeah and and thinking about as when that smile is inspired by and flowing out of the joy of being loved by the father even without knowing it dude you're like a lighthouse like walking down George Street, bro. <laughs> and just that radiance that was there because of the abiding, because of the being willing to just like, yeah, I'm just going to play. Yeah. I'm going to go on an adventure. I'm going to be a son of Abba. Yeah. And like, and this is what happens. And then now all of a sudden, the space and place I'm in is being transformed by the light of the presence of the living God through yeah. us. And you go back into your home and you're, you go back into your, you know, into your bedroom with your wife. You go into your, you know, your workspace. You go into wherever you're at and what are you bringing, yeah. right? It's like you're bringing this light, this joy, this peace that's the fruit of this presence of God that we've been like resting in and abiding in and living in and playing in. And, 
and then those things that I am called to do sort of like the, you know, all right, yeah, like let's get in there and like give ourselves generously and, you know, with everything we've got to the work that's ours to do, but we're not, we're doing it now as like a fruit of this communion yeah. with the father, this communion with the son, this communion with the Holy spirit. Um, and all of that is meant at the heart of it to invite us to, to live as children of God. Like yeah. this is what, this is what we hear about, you know, in the scriptures, you know, that we are children of God, children of the father. And because of that gift of his love, we can cry out Abba father. Yeah. It's, it's everything is gift. <laughs> Everything, right? Mm-hmm. Everything. That's what I left with. I was like, everything is gift. Like even the things that annoy me is a gift, <laughs> right? It's a gift. It's a yeah. gift to practice virtue, to temperance, mm-hmm. to patience, to to whatever it is. And everything is a gift, and we can forget that so easily because everything seems like a burden, mm-hmm. right? Because you get in that space, and the devil uses that. Mm-hmm. Like everything's a burden. Everything's a burden. Mm-hmm. I've got too much on me, and we start looking down mm-hmm. instead of looking up. Amen. Right. And when we look up, we see the one that loves us more than anything. Mm. And, you, and then, like you said, when you see everything is a gift, then you, that's, you want that, that gratitude flows out of you. Mm. And so you want to be a gift to everything. Mm. Right. I don't want to react the way that I always do when my son comes up and I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. I want to hug him and tell him I love him and mm-hmm. how much he means to me. And I'm not just saying that because he's in here, but like, <laughs> but I mean that. And so. Yeah, I just I know there's a lot of people following out here struggle mm. with this in in one way or another. And I hope that, you know, you folks out there that are listening or watching, like hearing it from a priest, a man who's given his life to God, that that he struggles in those same things and that he needs those reminders. And, you know, for those of you that listen to us and may, you know, uh have been moved by what we do here in, in the ministry, like we struggle with those same things <laughs> and, and we often forget exactly mm-hmm. what we said that there's yeah. a god up there that just wants us to remember he's there and to look at him mm. so he can love us and then we can get that recharging if you will to mm-hmm. go back but the point is we don't ever need recharging we remember to look at him all the time mm. right it's Amen. just that constant the ability to be able to share so father it, you know it's always a gift dude to have you here absolutely the lord is <laughs> the lord put us together at the jpt yeah. center and it's so funny whenever we struggle we're like hey man i'm struggling with this well yeah. funny you should say that like it's like <laughs> So the the it, you're a gift and a gift that the mm. Lord's put in my life and a delight, man. And Thanks, brother. just so excited to have you here again. And, and and just thank you again for coming on the show. Yeah, folks, if you want, tell them about the CFRs where they can support um, um, and, and give and those things. We're Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Uh, you can check us out at www.franciscanfriars.com, and there certainly is a, a way to donate online there. Our work with the poor primarily is what we're involved with. Soup kitchens, homeless shelters, inner city youth programs, foreign missions, Central America, over in Europe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the work of evangelization, proclaiming the gospel to anybody who'll listen. Sure. <laughs> so uh, support us, grateful for that. We live off donations alone. We don't have any income aside from what um, people generously offer to us to carry on the work and mission we'd be called to as friars. Sure. So where can they give? Uh, FranciscanFriars.com. Okay. Donate button right there. <laughs> you click that, and it'll yeah. take you to the link to be able to donate. So yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, awesome. We'll support these guys. They do a lot for the church and for God's kingdom. And so give them your support. Follow them. Help them. Whatever you want to do there, Father. It's time to go play, man. Let's, Let's go do play it. with the Father. <laughs> God bless. Amen. <laughs>